Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. San Francisco, are you ready? Boom. Welcome to another edition of the 49er Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Solis III, and with me is my brother, my co-host, Raymond Solis I, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis. Boom! Boom, boom, boom! Boom! There we go. Boom! Boom. Another one is in the the books. Tampa Bay at San Francisco 49ers. And it was another rough one. Another... Really rough one. We're not going to spend too much time on it. I think there's a lot of other news. Kind of like we said last week, we're kind of just beating a dead horse to keep talking about it. But uh, for anyone who doesn't know, and if you're listening to this podcast, you should, the final score was 34-17, Caps' second start of the season. And again, honestly, guys, I feel like we didn't even get 30 minutes of football. And it's funny because I was watching Cap's press conference today, and he was talking about this exact same thing, about how they start really strong, but they need to play 60 minutes of football. And I was like, this is exactly what we were talking about on the Goldcast. But I felt like we got about maybe 25 minutes. What do you think? What do you guys think, Rick? Well, with the with the liabilities in the middle of the field, that being. Nick Ballore and Mike Wilhoyt, there's constantly going to be issues with the running game. And they're not the only culprits to blame here. I don't want to put it all on them. I thought Gerald Hodges played a much better game this week, despite it all. Eric Armstead played good. Aaron Lynch seems to be coming into rhythm. Those are good things, but he got injured, so he'll probably be out maybe two to four weeks if it's a high ankle sprain, like they said. He had an MRI today. We didn't get the results back. But in addition to that, you have Eric Armstead, who's still coming into his own in year two, and DeForest Buckner, who's a rookie, who's obviously a liability, not because he's not a good pick, as some people like to think, but because he's simply a rookie. So he he lacks the polish and the technique. Not every first-round pick comes out of the gate in Pro Bowl form. you got to remember Alden Smith, he's an A, he plays a different position. He's outside linebacker versus defensive end. So it's it's important to remember that because some people like to bring that up, that argument. Hey, DeForest Buckner's not pulling his weight. When we picked Alden Smith, he was amazing out of the gate. But yeah, he had a five-time Pro Bowl defensive end in the name of Justin Smith, eating up blockers for him, allowing him to get free and get that pressure in there. Other, other parts of it was just kind of he was a freak of nature, but majority of that came from Justin Smith. Whenever Justin Smith was not in the lineup, which was rare, at least during that prime of his of his career, Alden Smith did not have the same productivity. So it's 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 a role playing game one one each all 11 guys play a role and we if here's the thing if your argument is DeForest Buckner is not a good player thus not a good pick when all you've done is sample him through seven games and he's just in one year of his NFL career you can't really that's not really a fair argument because the 
there's a the majority of first round picks or, or actually all draftees the majority of all draftees are all struggling right now there's a very small small stamp Dak Prescott is an exception to the rule Carson Wentz is an exception Ezekiel Elliott's another one there's like maybe a handful of guys that are actually get it and they're doing pretty good out of the gate everybody else is struggling that's like 90% of all the draftees not to mention veterans or year two guys or year three guys that are still trying to figure it out that's just the NFL that's just all it is so those of you who are getting impatient you are just that you're being impatient divorce buckner is a beast and his size and skill set speaks for itself just look at the tape he was even better than eric armstead when he played at oregon he had double digit sacks he won awards for it okay so just give this guy a chance give the guy a chance give the guy a chance so but again because you have that issue there's going to be there's a reason why the niners are ranked 32nd in the league against the run and that's because deforest buckner's still learning eric armstead's still learning we lost our nose tackle there's a revolving door around there ian williams we lost him beginning of the year after giving him an extension and finding out he couldn't pass the physical so he put put him back on ir that was a huge blow to us mike purcell's not cutting it glenn dorsey's not cutting it we just don't have good guys that can eat, that are just getting chewed up on the line of scrimmage. And then that fault. So by the time the running backs get, get past our line, they're already four or five yards into their, into their run. They're in the second tier. And the second tier is held or at least being tried, trying to be held by Nick Ballore and Michael Wilhoy. And they're just not sufficient. They're backup. Nick Ballore, in my case, is special teams at best. Will Hoyt is a serviceable backup, but without yeah. without suitable guys there, you're just going to be getting chewed up. On the bright side, like we said earlier in the season, Jim O'Neill's forte is secondary, and the Niners are a top 10 ranked passing defense. The only thing they can't get together is they can't get it together within the front seven because there's way too many liabilities, particularly in the linebacker position, but also within a developing defensive line that also has a key missing cog within the nose tackle position. So that's just that's what I see that's how I analyze it so I'd be curious to see what you guys think if you're watching the same tape as me old man Davis what do you think I think the San Francisco 49ers have uh, one of the best uh, rosters in the NFL (laughs) according to Aaron Lynch (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate his optimism um... (laughs) I mean, I honestly think, honestly, I think we're probably the greatest one in five team that's ever existed, in my opinion. This is not a laughing matter, okay? <laughs> but what I uh, I find extraordinary is an armpit state team in Florida, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, coming in to California, into Santa Clara, into the home of the faithful. And making the red and gold look like a peewee league. Look like Froshoff. Freshman sophomore. Oh, okay. I mean, Jameis Winston, what an athlete. What an athlete. Three touchdowns served like a real quarterback. On a big hot plate. And let's talk about yardage. Great job, San Francisco defense. 249 yards ran end zone to end zone. You pick it, they can run to it. That's all I have to say about that. There's nothing to be said about the players, about the upper-level management, about the coaching staff. 
to win. Rudy, you want to invite me back to the gold cast? Let me know when the 49ers start winning games. Thought we'll it'd be Tampa Bay. Next week. We'll start with next week. Actually, Old Man Davis was right. He said 10 over the spread, and he was right. Very good. Nicely done. Yeah. Yeah, he was right about that one. You know, actually, I like that you brought up the organizational thing. I, I agree with every, everything everyone's saying. But let's move on. Raymond, you had a little bit of a homework assignment this week. One of the people that I feel has gotten away completely untouched is someone that was in the rumor mill this week, which was head coach Chip Kelly. You know, there were rumors that colleges were contacting him, trying to possibly recruit him for next year. Right. Which is which is pretty standard around this time of year. Uh, if if there is a coaching vacancy in the NFL from someone going backwards, um, in this case, you know, a struggling college coach who did great in college, um, but just because that's just what happened. So it's it's rumor mill. That that's how I take it, anyways. You know, but uh, that the same thing happened when Jim Harbaugh was getting pushed out of San Francisco. Do you think Chip Kelly's getting pushed out of San Francisco? Not at all. Not at all. It's just rumors. It's just rumors. Yeah, I don't think he's getting pushed out. Oh, man, Davis, you think he's getting pushed out? Not one bit. In fact, if I, if anybody knows Chip the way I know hit Chip Chip Chore, it it's this. The man has feelers. He has friends in, in the college level. And he certainly, at this point, given what he has with the red and gold, be open to a conversation. Do you think that Chip Kelly has any any blame in this situation at all not necessarily i I, you you can point to some things within the scheme you know like i you know i i know what some people are thinking they're thinking like how can we keep doing the same things how come we're not changing up well who's to say that's not happening and people just aren't executing i mean when i look at the quarterback play i'm seeing the same same inefficiency whether it's colin kaepernick or whether it's gabbard I was a little bit more excited to see Cap because Cap has more upside. We've seen him perform well when he does have a good line. But with all the turmoil that's happened between now, between 2013 and now, I just feel like Cap's not in it. His heart's not in it. His his head is is partially in it, but his his heart's not there. I, that's what I see. I don't see the fire in him of trying to prove himself. Gabbard, I see the fire. I just don't see the execution. Execution. I just think he's he's been so psyched out of his of his potentiality with his rough go in Jacksonville that he just can't seem to get it together no matter what. And Cap faces a similar challenge too, where he's been mentally psyched out of his potentiality as well. However, when yeah. I look at the tape overall, I don't necessarily put a whole lot of blame on Chip Kelly because he inherited a really really bad roster much like Tim, Jim Tom Sula the big difference that you can make note of is Alex Boone was there on the left side with Joe Staley that was a really strong solid part of the line Zane Beatles is maybe maybe a, a hair a hair less talented than Alex Boone although Zane Beatles does have a Pro Bowl under his belt Alex Boone does not although he's played at that level Marcus Martin is there as a serviceable backup at center um the line has gotten better. In that case, the line has improved. Wide receiver-wise, we have Torrey Smith. He's not being utilized, and whenever he gets targeted, he gets overthrown. So that's not necessarily Torrey Smith's fault. That's the quarterback issue. We also had Anquan Bolden, who's one of the best possession receivers in the game in the twilight of his career. Other than that, uh, def- 
that was yeah, but he's gone. Anquan Bolton's been gone. Exactly. And then on the defensive side, we had Ian Williams, who was really good in as a nose tackle position. He was great. We had Quinton Dial on the right side. He's he's kind of rotating in with DeForest Buckner. DeForest Buckner's not taking all the snaps, although he took a large portion of snaps this last game. But do nope. you think? No, here. But here's the question, right? Here's the question. But do you think a different coach could handle this same roster? more competently that's the question well sure i mean you go you go to proven other proven coaches who have done even more than kelly and sure i i think they'll get some different productivity you put you put uh what's his name um you put belichick over here he'll he'll work magic because it doesn't matter who's who goes into new england at what talent level or what draft round sure lots of players don't work out in new england they get shipped off we've picked up their players they picked up some of our guys but he has such a good system that guys thrive that a lot of guys tend to thrive in that system regardless so i think if you put a coach who's obviously even more proven than chip kelly sure i think he can get the job done i mean but if if jim harbaugh was still here i think he'd be struggling pretty close to the same in my opinion I'm not sure. I, maybe the defense might be different. I actually like the defensive scheme. It's a slightly more complex than what we saw last year. It's way more aggressive. The only problem is we've had injuries week in and week out, and we've lost all of our best players. So you take any team and you take two of their best players. You take Denver and you take out Von Miller and Aqib Talib and tell me how good they, they continue to perform. I would yeah. argue that there'd be a big gaping hole. We lost Jimmy Ward, although he came back a little bit this week, but he missed four the previous week. You go go to Seattle, take out Bobby Wagner, their middle linebacker, and then take out Richard Sherman. Tell me how good that defensive unit does. So there, it's not that that we're just we suck. I mean that's part of it, but also we've had devastating injuries to all of our best players. Navarro Bowman's gone. Ray so Ray Armstrong is Kelly, gone. So you think Chip Kelly isn't to blame? No. No, not, not no, because when you break it, you have to look. What are the circumstances he's been put in? Offensively, yeah. he has a wide receiver core that is not very good, with the exception of Jeremy Curley and, on occasion, Vance McDonald, and that's about it. And then you have dropped another pass. Yeah, so I think angry. you. I, I, he's a great Greatest blocker. He's a great blocker, and maybe you keep him on for and make him a role player in that kind of way. But in terms of trying to can trying to push him as a wide receiver I feel like it's just a lost cause you're always going to get that inconsistency with him so might as well just pass the torch over to Selick and Bell and see what those guys can do and if uh, maybe Jerron Ham, I mean he came up last week but then he got sent back down this week to make room so we'll see what happens I think Jerron, Jerron Ham has better upside we'll just have to see what the Niners do because you have to prove yourself to step up the ladder you can't just do great on yeah. game day you have to be great in practice too yep old man Davis oh, Chip oh, Kelly oh. and I'm, I'm going to Chip Kelly. Do you think Chip Kelly has any blame in this? Is this mic on? Is this mic on? This is uh, Jim You have Tom. the conch. This is uh, Coach uh, Jim Tom Sula. Uh, wanted to uh, be back, invited back to the Goldcast. Uh, got a heck of a football team out there. Doing the, doing the best they can. And, uh, well... Every week, just try to do better than we did last week. Look at the tape, see what we can learn from it. Chip Kelly, I know he's doing his best at uh, number seven, Colin Kaepernick. I only hope that uh, 
Um, maybe uh, Trent can give me a look. <laughs> throw me a ball. <laughs> to throw, throw you more than the seven million you already got. I like a like a job back. <laughs> possibly. Uh, Bet you would. Possibly uh, with um, maybe. Uh, with a little less pomp and stance. Maybe with the uh, tape, tape uh, coat, uh, physical therapy team. Maybe. Uh, maybe washing, washing the bathrooms, paint, painting the painting the stadium. I'll I'll vacuum floors if I need to. I just I gotta get back in. <laughs> I gotta get back okay. in. Let me let me ask you, Jim Tomso. Let me just let me ask you while we while we have you on the line, real fast. Yeah, sure, sure. What 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 would you do different if you were the head coach right now? Or would you keep it just the same? What 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 would you do? You're the head coach today. You've got to buy. What do you do going into New Orleans? I'd go to Mardi Gras. Um, early. I'd try to get some uh, get some film looked at with a couple drinks. Talk to the, some of uh, the locals. See what their thoughts are. <laughs> at Mardi Gras. At Mardi that's, Gras. that's where you get your NFL intel from. Uh, no, tr- uh, tremendous team. The uh, the Saints are. Um, I'd continue uh, talking with them, uh, see if they let us uh, have a win. Uh, <laughs> Try to negotiate not. a win before the game. <laughs> Over not, some drinks. We're not looking uh, to be brown like the Browns, uh, but uh, but we like to uh, we like to get a win. So if. Uh, the higher powers that be, uh, Mr. Drew Brees, could you uh, just uh, take it easy on us? Uh, I think I think that might work. I think that just might work. Thank you no. so much, Jim Tomsula. We really appreciate you coming on the okay. Goldcast. Uh, that was amazing. Here, here you go, uh, old man Davis. Thank you very much, old man Davis. That was. It's always a pleasure when Jim Tomsula. The comes. legendary Tim Jomsula. Tim Jomsula. He was here. That was incredible. Now, okay, check this out, guys. So trade block. Now, here's the reason I want to talk about the trade block. The, 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 the trade block rumors are Torrey Smith and then Staley, although Kelly's come out already and denied that Staley's going. Now, the thing about them put, putting Torrey Smith on the trade block, is this an indication that maybe the Niners are starting to look towards that first-round draft pick? Old Man Davis, what do you think? Oh, definitely. I think, I, so? I see, think so, for sure? I see a GM that's just – Pulling his hair out. I mean, I saw I saw the man walking down the hallway during the game. Just deep in thought. Unsure of what to do next. The man, if he's going to save anything left of his integrity as a, as a GM, as an executive of the year, this guy's learning, this guy's looking to make moves and do it when it should count. And moving a receiver like Torrey Smith, or even possibly any other player on that team that's worth value, it's certainly not a bad idea to build a draft selection for the upcoming 17 draft and the 18 and 19, all the way to the point where we're talking to the 2020s as <laughs> San Francisco 49ers being a contender. You know, might, might as well just start looking towards the next decade, right? I mean, we've only got four more years. This one's kind of a wash. 
Uh, Raymond, do you think do you think that trading Torrey Smith kind of puts the Niners in like a tanking mode, where like kind of that NBA style, like all right, let's dump some of our good players who we can get and start heading towards the future? It feels like that a little bit to me. Like if we really trade, depending on what we get for Torrey Smith, like if we just get draft picks, then I think we're kind of on the tank mode. If we don't get draft picks and we actually get like some maybe some players that are better at the short game, uh, you know, at shorter passing routes that are maybe more. Um, accessible for someone like Kaepernick or Gabbert, then I can understand. And then maybe it seems like we are trying to win some games today. But I feel like if, like if all we get back is like some draft picks, I think we're in tank mode. Yeah, I don't know if they necessarily want to tank the season, but I think if Torrey Smith gets dealt and you get a draft pick for him, because Torrey Smith still has a lot of value. He's still relatively young. He has a lot of, a lot of juice left in the tank. So I think that this move is indicative of either one of those scenarios either trying to get someone different which i highly doubt and possibly a draft pick i mean adam schefter said today that the the niners are open to trading him and that multiple teams have interests and that the eagles uh, are talking to the niners but the deal is not imminent so we'll see what the eagles deal if anything if that if there's any truth to that Joe Staley, I don't think I think if you do part ways with him because the Niners control him with a team friendly contract through 2019, if you are going to deal Staley, you deal him you deal him at the end of the season. You don't deal him right now because then you then you're then you're tanking for you're tanking unnecessarily. You're, it's premature. I mean, I get well, not only are you, not only are you taking though, but tanking though, but then I I mean you're. You're just, I don't know, you're just opening up a window of trouble for the 49ers for the rest of, for the rest of the season. Exactly, and, and the offensive line is one of the few bright spots on the team right now, so you don't necessarily want to go ahead and start meddling with that just yet, especially when you have guys like Josh Garnett, who's still trying to come into his own, and Zane Beatles just joined the roster via free agency, so you kind of want to, you have a good core there, and Trent Brown has really solidified himself this season as a perennial offensive lineman, which has been great. Another another bright spot on the team right now. So I don't think you necessarily want to start tanking that hard so soon. Let me uh, just add this. Um, let me just add this. Uh, you don't tank if you're a player. You follow what the coach uh, assi- uh, gives you as an assignment, and you definitely want to hope to win. But I think that locker room isn't looking to, to lose games. If anything, they're demoralized. They, not if you're Aaron Lynch. Not if you're Aaron Lynch. <laughs> they, hey. they, they see already the end of the season, and they just want it to end already. I, I appreciate his optimism. I, I really do, and, and if and if everyone did their job, synchronized and sure, the results would be different. But 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 yeah, I I think this I think upper level uh, management knows the the room in their salary cap of how much they have, and coming up, any any opportunity to unload value players and start new, certainly. I think you start with Smith. Quarterbacks can't get to him, and he's been underutilized anyways. Smith has not even been a difference maker on this team ever since he's been signed. So I agree. Uh, and, Rudy, why don't you just add your name to this? Because uh, if you don't, you're a dope. Uh, this, the, the receiver just doesn't have what it takes to be on a Chip Kelly offense. 
Uh, well, I don't think that he has what it takes. I don't think he has a quarterback that's capable of utilizing him for all of his talents. And I think if we were, again, you know, I think if we were to get, it depends what we get for the trade. It's, I think it's, it's hard to say now if the Niners, you said something really, you said something really poignant. Players don't try to tank. Organizations do. You know, organization, when it comes to the tanking mode, it's never the players. It's always the organization. And the organization, what the organization will do is it'll put the team in a position to tank. That's what it'll do. It will, it will, it will cut off its face despite its. I don't think they're quite there yet because they know that they got a, young, a lot of young guys and they're dealing with a lot of injuries and it's not necessarily time to do that. But you do need to start thinking about shedding, you know, jettisoning some excess baggage from guys that just haven't worked oh, out that are on the their playoffs. that are on their last their last lifeline. I think Tank Carradine is on that list. I believe uh, the wide receiver group, a lot of them are on that list. I think you probably start with Quentin Patton. He continues to not do anything. Uh, on the defensive side, I already mentioned Tank Carradine. I think you you either keep Will Hoyt because you have no other option no other serviceable backup, but you probably demote Nick Ballore and start to look at middle linebacker again. You look at outside again. If Gerald Hodges doesn't step it up, you probably part ways with him as well. There's a lot a lot of liability out there. I think uh, Dante Johnson is another one that you part ways with. He's got great size, good athleticism, but just can't seem to get it together with that. So, But uh, you won't necessarily start to see them tanking. I mean, unless it continues to go down this right and you start seeing guys get cut loose, I highly doubt it because you need – what are you going to do? Promote promote practice guys from here on out? That that's yep. not going to do you any favors. Yes, right. Yes. <laughs> In all seriousness, you want to get rid of the personalities. Tory Smith has talked enough to the press to know, to already let the public know he could be a troublemaker instead of, a troublemaker instead of a difference maker if he's not happy. He'll speak his mind, and then that's just going to implode the rest of the locker room. Well, I think the locker room's already imploded. We're, we're way beyond that at this point. But ha- having said that, uh, I still would like to see – I really, it really would kind of go circling back a little bit, back to the Chip Kelly thing. It really would bum me out if Chip Kelly left because, I, you know, it just – you need someone in there to set up a system, and, it, you know, it takes long-term. You need – Someone, you know, you need a system. A system takes a while to kind of set, and I do think that Jim, uh, Chip Chip Perret and Jim O'Neill have what it takes to set, put something in. And you know, I think the main thing is is depth and players, which you know we've talked about already. I don't, I don't want to keep addressing it. It's, we we do it every week, but let's let's go into some bigger NFL news. We've got just a couple minutes here left on the Goldcast. Um, did you guys like the Seattle? Arizona, Seattle, Arizona game yesterday. Well, am I the only guy that liked it? Like everybody bashed it super hard online. I thought it was great. I don't know. I love teams just watching teams get sacked and and smashed at every play. I love I love defense. I mean, unless you're a Cardinals fan or a Seattle's fan, and you're just watching the. I mean, Seattle's offense has steadily declined every single season, and in the Cardinals' case, you know, this is just a you know division grudge match. So. I personally love defense. Unless you're a fan of one of those teams, an ardent fan, then sure. I'm sure you were probably frustrated, maybe even a little bored. But for me, um, I think you got to be impressed because both defenses are very impressive units, and I love a good defensive show, and, and I miss that from San Francisco. 
Yeah, what did you think, old man? Did you like that game? I mean, it was it was universally I think this was, panned. Uh, this was definitely uh, Phil Dawson's uh, calling. Unfortunately, he's on a. Yeah, it's or- unfortunate that it has to end in a tie. That doesn't make sense to me. It's a stupid rule. You got two teams. NFC West duking it out, and all it is is field goal kickers that are going to make the difference on who wins and who loses. Last night just happened to be two teams that couldn't decide who wanted it best. Yeah, you know, it was it was the best of special teams. It was the worst of special teams. God, both teams were just awful. But speak or offensively were awful. But speaking to that kind of leads to my final point really quick. NFL ratings decline. That's kind of the big news. It's everywhere. It's down like about 11% this year. Uh, baseball playoffs were actually up 38% from two years ago. Real quick, round robin, what are your guys' thoughts? Raymond, start with you super quick. What do you think is leading to it? And then we've got to go. We're almost done. Well, the fact that we have the most controversial presidential race in the history of its existence is probably a big reason why. And on the baseball side, you have the two teams who have had the longest World Series droughts uh, currently in Major League Baseball is another reason why as well. So you put those two together, sure, I can buy that. As In terms of the protests, I highly doubt that that much of a, that the percentage of people who have, because uh, I, I know a couple people who are boycotting the NFL, but I, I, I don't know very many outside of the couple of people that I've heard. But I doubt that any of, that the percentage of people who are boycotting are, making a huge dent within that 11%. Oh, man, Davis, your thoughts? Ratings decline. I'm going to give you three, but I'm only going to say two. Number seven, <laughs> on a knee, with the fro. Oh, my God. Hear so me out. Hear me out. Nobody wants to see somebody protest when all they want to see is a football game second saturation the football game we know through the NFL is on four days out of the week is that right no three days three days three I think... days out of the week which is too much for the American public to appreciate the number one sport in America. You know, I, I agree with that. I definitely think that uh, I think it's a combination of stuff. I think that a lot of the PR in terms of it's it handling the domestic violence and the handling of players um, going off, I think, has really kind of hurt it. I think the oversaturation, I agree with that as well. And uh, I do agree that it's the presidential election, that that's a big part of it. I think the combination of those three, I think the last couple of years, some of that, all of that bad press and kind of NFL throwing its fat around, I think it finally caught up to him and it's roasting a little bit. Anyways, uh, good talk. Raymond, where can they find us? You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 49ers Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at 49ers Goldcast. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher for all the latest and greatest episodes as they become live to the public. Get notified as soon as we come online. Raymond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ray Solis, R-A-Y-S-O-L-I-S. 
And you can find me at Rudy Solis third, Rudy Solis three R D on Twitter and Instagram. Old Man Davis, where can they find you? You can find me on the Goldcast. In addition, you can find me online. Right. You type in Al Davis, father of Mark Davis. If you go to www.google.com, <laughs> type in my name, Old Man Davis, Al Davis, father of Mark Davis. <laughs> Thank you very much, Old Man Davis. That was excellent. Um, so concludes... an. So concludes another edition of the 49 Where can they find you? I already said it. Rudy Sleeve's third. NFL.com. So concludes another edition of the 49 er Goldcast. We are the voice of the faithful. I'm your host, Rudy Sleeve's third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Sleeve's the first, baby. And our esteemed co-host, Old Man Davis. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel. Florida, Florida play, 10 against.